afternoon delight here on ESPN Pittsburgh. Wesley Euler with you. We are presented by Duncan. Pittsburgh runs on Duncan. To the phone lines we go. Talk a little football. Talk a little NFL, little stellars with our good friend of the show, good friend in real life, Chris Carter of DK Pittsburgh Sports and the Locked on Steelers podcast. Chris, you come on the show every Monday, so I'm going to do some quick math here, all right? Since the last time we talked, carry the two, divide by four. Yes, some pretty significant news was announced by the Steelers uh, this past Tuesday. That being, of course, that uh, number seven had a new contract and would be back under center when the Steelers play meaningful football in September. So since Ben is officially back uh, since we last spoke, Chris, I was just wondering your thoughts now that that is officially official. I mean, the biggest thing, Wes, is that they got the numbers down. They did everything that they were supposed to do. Uh, you know, I see some people try to say, this is bad, this is this is horrible, this doesn't do anything for Steelers, all this nonsense. I mean, come on. It, 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 they got, they're keeping the guy on that knows their system. Uh, you know, again, the only time, he, he started off very well last year. The only time that he got rough is when he kept trying to throw the ball too much later in the season. Um, you know, and, and again, it, it's what I've been saying all along, Wes. The, this team definitely has its weaknesses, but this is not a team that if you go and you draft a top 10 quarterback this year, there's no guarantee that that top 10 quarterback's carrying you when you still need to fix the offensive line in the running game. But they're in a position where if they focus on the offensive line in the running game, you could probably still be really competitive with Ben Roethlisberger. They went 12-4 and four last year with him. I mean, and, and, and again, you're trying to improve the offensive line. You're, you, you got Alex Highsmith coming in at edge rusher to back to back Bud Dupree up and you know, with him departing. You know, with Juju gone, you're hoping that Chase Claypool, Deontay Johnson, and James Washington can handle that, all that. And then there's still the matter of who they might bring in in free agency and might retain. There's so many good things about this team. I don't get this whole notion of, you know, Ben Roethlisberger and, oh, it's over, them signing him. It's ridiculous. They, he opened up $15 million in cap space, cap compliant based on, you know, what model you're using. And, uh, you know, this, this, there's all, all the positives I see from, from this agreement between the two. So, Chris, I'd be interested to get your thoughts then because we had a little bit of a, uh, a disagreement breakout on the show earlier. Okay, um, between between two regulars here on the show, James and Corey and Canton, uh, Corey and Canton, okay. Corey and Canton called in earlier and basically said, look, they had no run game. They had no offensive line. They were way too one dimensional. They were way too predictable. If you look at just Ben individually, he was fine. You know, he, he wasn't elite. He wasn't anything like that, but he wasn't some absolute liability like everyone is making it out the seam either. So, you know, if they can, if, if, if Claypool and Deontay Johnson take another step forward, if they start to rebuild that offensive line and get better uh, play and performance there, and if they find themselves, you know, a legitimate running back, Ben will be just fine. This team will win games with Ben. So that was Corey and Canton, right? Then James kind of shot back saying, like, what makes you callers think that the same thing won't happen? Like, Ben, they, they won't, that defensive coordinators won't figure him out again and that he's going to suddenly change the way he plays at 38 years old. I, I just wonder where you would come down in that conversation because, like I said, we had a little bit of a Civil War breakout on the show. I thought both parties were making good points. So is it, is it just that simple that, oh, yeah, offensive line, run game, they'll be fine, or is that a, is that a tall ass to completely – cut back to slash all that one-dimensional nature, that predictability that I think we both agree with as well. I think that part of this is the reason that got Ben Roethlisberger got predictable is because it was relying too much on him to make a decision where when it comes to the ground game, 
if you have a better if you have a better run game, you're forcing defenses to honor more things, hmm. and that's the problem. Is that what he was relying on was was between a short passing game and a deep passing game, and he wanted he didn't want to throw the deep ball as much during a game because he doesn't have the same velocity that he used to. Uh, so, in in this in this scenario, you want to lessen the amount of times that he's throwing the ball in those underneath patterns and give him give a, a serious threat for teams to consider. You know, and James Conner, for all the things that, that 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 happened this year, he still got over 700 yards in the ground behind this offensive line that everyone you know says is the worst in the league. And it's just, and, and they weren't the worst. They you know they weren't the best, but they weren't the worst. Um, but you know they were. They, you know this is this is something that I think that if they if they focus on, it does give them more tools. And again, they're not asking Ben Roethlisberger to make this a, the best offense in the league. They're just saying, hey. Come in here, make the big throws we need you to make them, but also trust the running game. And I think the other thing that's going to be different is they got rid of the coordinator that Ben handpicked. You know, Matt Canada is a dude who's been here for a year, worked really with Mason Rudolph, added some wrinkles to the offense, and you saw when those wrinkles were more infused into the offense in the first six, seven weeks, they were actually running the ball well. Uh, so I, I don't think it's just a, it's a case of, of the do-overs. I think that they've got – a really good situation on their hands if they can reveal, get get two more pieces to the offensive line, whether those guys will be immediate starters or immediate, back, you know, just backups for now that will that'll work their way in. And they need a primary running back. I know everyone says that a running back doesn't matter, but you need a guy who can make the extra man miss at the line of scrimmage to, to create right now. And the, again, the last time this team won playoff games, when they had a guy doing that consistently. Chris Carter, DK Pittsburgh Sports, and the Locked On Steelers podcast is our guest here on the Afternoon Delight. Reminder that all of our guests brought to you by the Foxbet app. Make the call, download the app today. Chris, uh, you and I, everybody in this town that's either a Steelers fan or covers the team for a living, have talked at nauseum, and rightfully so, about the offensive line and the running backs this offseason. But how are you feeling about the wide receiver group? Let's, you know, you never know until you know, and they, they know what you say happens when you assume, but... Let's assume, and we're not make a ass out of you and me, uh, that Juju Smith-Schuster is not back with the Pittsburgh Steelers in September, okay? Uh, Chase Claypool, Deontay Johnson, James Washington, is, is that going to be a solid enough group? Are Claypool and, and, and Johnson going to be good enough as a one-two tandem? I think with Washington, you've got a good trio up top. I do think the Steelers should look at wide receiver and keep it open. Uh, you know, one thing that's that's made them successful is that you look at and you have depth at that position, so that when one guy goes down, you're not you're not completely inept at the position. I mean, we saw what happened to the Steelers in the AFC Championship game against the Patriots. It was Antonio Brown, and then you know I think Darius Hayward Bay. And Sammy Coates with broken hands, and it, it, it was it was a mess. Kobe Hamilton had to get a lot of snaps. It was they were asking a lot of guys to do a lot of those things because Martavis Bryant and Marcus Wheaton were down, and Sammy Coates, you know, his hands were, were were messed up that year, and he was pretty much done at that point. They need guys who can step in, fill in, and be creators at that position, and they've got a good trail right now, but. One thing that we know is that wide receivers, when they make big plays, they can often get big money, which is why I think Judas Schuster might be going somewhere else. Not saying he definitely is, but saying that it's a possibility they have to plan for. So that's why they've drafted a receiver in the top three rounds for the past four years. Hmm. And now they're in a situation where they don't have to pay Juju because they really like what they see out of Chase Claypool. Deontay Johnson has a lot of potential. James Washington has been very steady for them. And this year, Les, I think it would be totally reasonable for them to draft another guy in the third, fourth, fifth rounds this year. And usually when they've done that, they've hit on it. 
So I, I think it should absolutely be in conversation. This is a good group of wide receivers to pick from. Um, and, and the thing is, they could get a, a, a good multitude of different type of receivers where they can get a, a bigger guy that goes up and gets the football. They can get a quicker guy that, that's, that gets off the ball really really well. Uh, I believe Dwayne Eskridge is one of those guys that everyone's talking about this year that could go in those middle rounds. I mean, th- there's a lot of options for the Steelers to go at wide receiver, and it should absolutely be on their board to talk about because, you know, say next year – you uh, you know, you're looking at this. James Washington, he doesn't have the major profile on his head on his head that that Juju Smith Schuster does. Maybe he's a little less expensive. And then the year after that, you're considering Deontay Johnson's contract, and you're saying, well, maybe he, if maybe he does cost a little bit more money. And you're like, oh, well, we drafted this guy in the fourth or fifth round in 2021, and with him, Claypool, and James Washington under a reasonable contract, we don't need to pay this other guy a whole bunch of money. It's it's about giving yourself options. And the Steelers have done that very well at wide receiver over the past 20 years. Yeah, they, they do that at that position, I think, better than anybody else, certainly. Chris, uh, st- staying with that, staying with options, right? Uh, franchise tag deadline looks like it's going to be pushed back. It was supposed to be about 24 hours from now tomorrow, but with still no official cap number. I, I would imagine that that gets pushed back a few days here. Steelers, in your mind, any chance that they could tag somebody in the next couple days, or is that just not in the cards with how strapped to the cap they they are with with everything going on? Just not this year. Not this year. You you got a um, you, you you got enough cap concerns. You need to be able to um, you need to be able to, to to pay the guys you need to pay. You you want a salary tag. You want to, uh, you want to tag a guy. You know, uh, give them the franchise tag so that you can make sure they stick around. But it's usually when you're in a comfortable spot, and you're buying your time so that the guy can stick around for next year when you pay him. Um, it's what they did to Le'Veon Bell to keep him around until they could get him for, for, a, for a signing. Um, it's what they did for Bud Dupree to kind of buy time with him as well. Uh, but this year, if you're looking, I mean, if you're looking at guys they can they, they can franchise tag. You know, Juju Smith-Schuster would cost a pretty penny for this year. Um, if you want, if if you're signing Juju to anything, you're signing him to a contract that's either cap friendly this year. Or it, it would have to be capped early this year, and then if you're if you're signing him to any deal that goes beyond this year, you know you're probably going to be loading up on those future years. I just I don't see the point of a tag with what the, what their needs right now, and with the guys that are heading to free agency. Um, you know, and if they did it to Bud Dupree this year, it would like skyrocket. I think because whatever the rules of how many times you tag a player, their per, the the percentile of money they make per the average of their position gets uh, closer closer to the top. So. Point being, no, I don't think it's happening. Chris, last one I've got for you about a specific Steeler. As we get closer mm-hmm. and close now, nine days away from the league uh, league calendar, league schedule turning over, new year, if you will, from the NFL standpoint, uh, that's when free agency begins. You've seen the countdowns on Twitter with Mike Hilton. Are they going to be able to afford to keep Mike Hilton? How realistic of a priority is that? I guess kind of balanced on – Right in in what's going to be a, an off season where everyone's a little bit tighter with the money they throw around than usual. You got to think that helps the Steelers a little bit. But as Mike Hilton still maybe potentially uh, positioned himself to cash in to price himself out of their range. Yeah, I think that. Uh, um, yeah, I think that there's there's a chance he's he's going to get that payday. I mean. And, and Mike's been sort of tweeting it out for a while. If you follow his Twitter account, his Instagram, he's been yep. like, you know, 17 days, yep. nine days. And, you know, uh, Joe Hayden, you know, retweeted it. And then Ramon Foster was like, pay that man his money. And, 
you know, all, all those things. I, I think it's, I, I think he deserves it. And, you know, he, he absolutely deserves it. He's fought, he's fought for it so hard. I think people see his work on tape now after all these years, and he had some really big splash plays this year. So this is uh, this is the, a really good time for him to go out and get his money. Uh, the Steelers right now, they need to be smart with how they allocate their funds, especially this year. Um, the, the, one, the one thing that I would use as a bargaining tool in every conversation, though, when I'm, if I'm a Steeler sitting down with anybody, is, hey, I know that you think that you could probably get paid this in free agency, but what do you think you could get paid next year when the the market opens back up because the salary cap's going to be much, much higher. You know, so um, that's where I, I keep looking, Wes, and I keep saying, you know, maybe they could get they could get a guy to sign a short-term contract. And, of course, that's going to be a negotiating tool for everybody. Uh, but for a player who was just on the Steelers, they might think, well, maybe it's best if I stay in the system that I know so that when that bigger market opens up, I'm showing the tape up with the team that I know for sure. Whereas if I go to a Philadelphia, or if I go to a Detroit, or if I go to to you know the New York Jets or something, I may not I may not be featured in the same way, and this, that team might not be able to you know let me focus on my strengths the way that the Steelers have over the past few years. So I don't think Mike's coming back. I think that they're going to try and sign Cam Sutton, um, but. Uh, if he if he does, he'd be a huge asset to the Steelers. I just think it's it's time for him to get paid. He's been a restricted free agent. He's been undrafted. He's fought his way through the ranks. That man deserves his money. Chris Carter, a man who deserves his money. DK Pittsburgh Sports hey. in the Locked On Steelers podcast. All right, Chris, couple quick hitters here for you before I let you go. All right, sure. yeah. March Madness bracket put out. I'm not talking NCAA. I'm talking by our buddy Joey Bag of Donuts, <laughs> who uh, is like, if I dare say so myself, if I've got the authority to crown this, he's like the, he's like the Pittsburgh Twitter bon vivant. That guy, Joey Bag of Donuts, uh, Chris, in his bracket, in his Pittsburgh media March Madness bracket, who got more screwed? You versus Pomp or me versus Madden? Well, it's, it's me versus Pop, obviously. You know, Madden even tweeted out, "Vote for Wes." He's trying to. Get well, yeah, which was, you know what? That was a nice, that was a nice sell. That was a nice fake there by Madden. <laughs> I'm in the lead by like 20 points. He tweets it and says, "Everybody vote for Wes," and then all of a sudden, here come his, here come his supporters, and he comes speeding by me like I'm Tyson Gay, and he's Usain Bolt, just not even close. <laughs> but I, th- I mean, I think you're right. There's, there, there's, 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 I've never heard anybody in this town say a bad thing about Pomp. Ever. And see, that's, that's the thing. Mark, he doesn't care what people think about him. He, he, says, he says what's on his mind. He gets it out there, and he lets the world know, hey, this is who I am, and if you don't like it, I don't care. And that's been his shtick. That's why he's been the man at Pittsburgh Radio for so long. Um, but, but, but with that, he's, making, you know, he's made some enemies. He's had some <laughs> situations where you're kind of like, uh, you know, I don't like, you know, you, we see it on Twitter. People come after him. But Poppy Annie, I mean, the, the phrase is pumping ain't easy. Yep. Like, it, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to get Alabama here. So, uh, so you know, it's it's pretty tough. But, hey, you know, Bob Papietti, I respect him as an opponent. Well, we, we came into this game. We were prepared. We made our bets. We're going to lie in it. Uh, you know, obviously, I'm, I'm coming up with as many Mike Tomlinson that I can't hear what. You know, we uh, got yellow paint. We're going to paint the ball in yellow. <laughs> we're gonna paint the barn yellow, and then we're gonna paint the barn red some weeks. But the problem is, when you paint the barn <laughs> yellow and red, that sometimes it comes out orange, and, that, and that's the color of the Cleveland Browns and Cincinnati Bengals. Those are not teams we aspire to look like. So, you know, that, those are things that we do not do here. You know what? You know what I'm, th- you know what I'm thinking from. Hold on, just real quick, from Mike Tomlin. Uh, remember the the first Ravens game two years ago, right? So, like the Mason Rudolph gets knocked out by Earl Thomas game. 
<laughs> and all the issues with the cart on the field. You know where I'm going with this? The yeah, first yeah. question, the first question in the post game after the Steelers, after Juju fumbles and the Steelers lose to the Ravens at home in overtime. Brian Backo on the call. On the first question goes, uh, yeah, coach, uh, what was going on with the cart out there with Mason Rudolph? <laughs> And Mike Tomlin goes, don't be asking me about carts and things of that nature. <laughs> I can just see, I can just see, hey, uh, Coach Tomlin, who uh, who got more screwed here in the March Madness rankings? Man, don't ask me about bracket seating and things of that nature. <laughs> that's absolutely what it is. That's, that's my thing. Also, Joey Bag of Donuts, we're supposed to be friends, man. He put me up against Tomlin in the first round. I went to the Final Four, the Final Four last year, and I get no respect. Oh. That's all right. We're going to keep fighting. It's just the first quarter. We don't ever give up. We don't ever surrender. So if you're out there, if you're a fan of Chris Carter, at Carter Christine's on Twitter, get out there, help me, vote for me, and, uh, you know, I'll be doing this. I said this to all my Lockdown Steelers listeners. If I, if I win the championship this year, because I got real close last year, I will do a shot of tequila on air. For every percentage point, I win the championship. By. So, I, yeah, on air. So, All right. uh, there's, a, there's there's punishment involved. So, get the word out there. Yeah, Wesley. don't I'm don't actually win this thing. Afternoon delight, listeners. Don't waste your time voting for me. Just go and vote for Chris Carter. Spread the word for Chris <laughs> Carter. That's way more fun. And, and I'm screwed. I'm looking at this now. I mean, Madden's got 61 percent of the vote now. I'm just I'm you just. Uh, because again, he put the work. He's a good WWE guy. He put the work in. He said, "Yeah, everybody vote for Wes." When he knew it, I mean, Chris, Chris, that's like if I put up a sign in my yard that says, "Please don't let your dog pee here." I mean, what's gonna happen? All the dogs are gonna pee there. Chris Carter, DK Pittsburgh Sports, and the Locked On Steelers podcast. All right, last one for you this time. I, I really promise. I'm not lying. We do, no, this, we do this thing on Mondays on the show, and normally it happens. You know, normally you come on at two twenty or three twenty. Uh, we do this at 3.40, so normally you miss this, but we've done it now already, Chris. We do a thing okay. on the show on Mondays called Monday Tears where we pick a random topic and we rank them by tiers, right? So not power okay. rankings, not one, two, three, four, five, six. We rank like a report card, A tier, B tier, C tier, D tier, F tier, okay? Okay. Like last week we did 90s bands, right? Okay, here's your A tier 90s bands. Here's, you know, your D tier was like, I don't know, you know, like Spice Girls, right? That's what we do on Monday. It's called the Monday Tears. We did Flavor of Doritos on the show today. So, Chris, I ask you a real simple question. What is the best flavor of Doritos? Isn't it always Cool Ranch? My man! Yes, it is. is. Isn't it the only answer? I really like the spicy nacho, too. The spicy nacho. Spicy nacho is is I the spicy. I, I'm not a, I'm not a huge Doritos like I, I I'll eat it, but I don't go out of my way to eat Doritos that, as much as I used to when I was younger. But Cool Ranch, I mean, that's like the classic flavor. That's like when you go and get Pringles, you get Pringles. You don't get the you don't get the crazy flavor. You get the regular Pringles. Right. Like there's certain ones that are just that's a classic. And Cool Ranch to me, that's always classic. So that's the A tier. I, I don't know if you do like. You know, like in Japan, they have S tier for like the super tier. So that's that's where I oh. I mean, put the Cool Ranch in the Dorito conversation. You'd put the Cool Ranch in their own their own god level tier. Yes. I dig it. Yes. I dig it. Chris Carter, an expert on all these things: football, um, <laughs> snacks, and March Madness brackets. Our buddy from DK Pittsburgh Sports <laughs> and the Locked On Steelers podcast. Chris, great stuff as always, buddy. Appreciate your time, and we'll chat soon. Same here, bud.